You're listening to Colin Bradley Artcast with Colin Bradley and Stephen Bradley. Hello and welcome to Colin Bradley Artcast. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. How is it going, Dad? You all right? Uh, it's going, <clears throat> yeah, it's going well. Yeah, yeah. Yes, how are you? Yes, all right, thanks. Yeah, all right. I'm doing all right. Busy, busy. Things are going well here. Um, lots of uh, new members coming on board and enjoying what we've got. Um, lots of submissions coming in for feedback, getting a lot more. I can always tell when it's picking up because the amount of emails and people asking for advice and um you know, submitting mm. work for the feedback show. I can always tell when people are on it, you know, they, they're cracking on with their artwork because all of the submissions, numbers of submissions go up. Good, good. Well, that's what we want to see. And, uh, well, they've got no excuses, have they? We're putting some really good pro- projects up at the moment. And uh, the orangutan's gone down really well. God, gracious me. Mm. And uh, and now with the new Wonder Cheetah, which we might talk about later, but, and uh, oh gosh, there's so much coming up. I get very enthused, enthusiastic, um, as you can tell, um, because I love doing the work anyway. I, like all our members, that they they love doing the pastel pencils. Well, I do too. I'm not an exception, and I can't wait to get the new one started or a, a new one started. And uh, but there's a lot of really good things coming along. And mm. what was amazing me too, Steve, and I've said this before, is the. I, I kind of um, test the pastel pencil. I think, now, are you going to do this? Now, I start a project. Um, sometimes I start a project with the, every intention of um, fulfilling, it, you know, set all the video camera up and everything on the sound, everything going. And I set it up and think, well, if it doesn't work, no one's going to hear it. And when it, it, it does work every single time. I'm always surprised. I'm thinking, you know, surely will the pastel pencils be able to do what I'm asking it to do? And it does. And uh, just recently, in fact, um, it was this morning, I was starting a new project and I wanted to do a sort of like a sunset. It's not quite a sunset, a, a re- really really pretty sky and i thought oh, i don't know maybe i'm pushing my luck with this well i'm nearly finished the sky now and it's coming up even better than i thought it could be so that just shows you doesn't it mm-hmm. when you can kind of when you can you you can you can do almost anything i get that confidence now and and i'm so confident when i start a project thinking it's going to work one of the breakthroughs funny enough was the orangutan and we did the orangutan yeah i looked at that and although i was saying oh no we're going to make a good job of it i never in in my wildest dreams thought i'd be able to make such a good job of it as i did so it performed for me and when you get that kind of um uh, confidence under your belt with a project products like we have with the pastel pencils and all the tools we use it's really rewarding because you think is there no limit because yeah. you know uh, I, I move from subject to subject to subject and each one excels so uh, I, I can see it going even further than we think it's going to at the moment mm. with the with the new ideas that we have Wonderful, wonderful. It's lovely to be in position. I feel very privileged, Steve. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And me too, to be able to share it with everyone, really. There's so many 
variety of subjects mm. coming up as well that people were going to be blown away. Mm. Oh, without doubt. Well, this one that I'm doing now, even though I've said to you this is a lovely sky and so on, I've got some animals in it, and I think, is it going to perform? Now, even though I'm, I said all that, I still have a little bit of doubt whether it will do what I want it to do. And if it does, it's going to be spectacular. One of the best pictures I've ever done, or I will ever do. Wow. That's, but, a, uh, that's a test. We'll have to see how it goes, you know. But uh, but that's, that's as I said, the confidence. You've got that sort of confidence in it. You tackle it. I wouldn't have done. Uh, go back a year, two years maybe. I wouldn't have even thought about this. I'd have said, well, yes, I'd like to do it, but I'll have to sort of temper it a bit. I can't. I'll, I'll never be able to produce what I want to produce. So I'll have to uh, compromise. Well, I'm not doing that now. And compromising i'm going to do exactly what i want it to do and and the, and i've got enough confidence in the pastoral pencil that it's going to perform and if it does it's going to be spectacular oh, anyway good. so there we are folks that's enough teasing isn't it lovely to be able to <laughs> uh, that's enough teasing everyone now of everything they're not going to see for a little while <laughs> well no it's it more to the point it, it's giving people an idea of where i am at the moment you know how uh how I look at things and approach things. As I said, and we've mentioned this before, where you have to have a challenge. Uh, I did an article on it, didn't I? Mm -hmm. And you have to have that challenge. With that challenge comes spectacular results. If you don't have the challenge, you're not tested, are you? And therefore, you just stay in the same, um, you know, ballpark. But when you really have this kind of enthusiasm and you have a, a, a product that, that can perform for you, then there's no limits. And mm. that's when it gets really exciting. Excellent. Great. So anyway, let's on to the questions. Yes, move on to the questions. <laughs> the first one comes from Dave. Dear Colin, have you ever used blending pencils? And if so, what is your opinion of them? Blending pencils. Well, I, yes, I, I I don't quite know what these are. To be honest, uh, I the only thing I can think of is a, a pencil that actually will blend, uh, not not a colour. It's a uh, maybe a a shape of a pencil that blends things in. I don't know. Do you know? I've I mean, all my experience, I've never heard of one. So, um. So if, if Dave can sort of give us a, a maker or a, a bit of description as to what they are, maybe I will understand it better. But the answer really is no, I haven't, because um, there's no need. In the, in the case of the, um, the, the pastel pencil, the colour shapers are the, great, the best blenders we have. Mm. You can use, funnily enough, you can use the uh, eraser pencil, you know, double-ended eraser pencil, yeah. I've used that on occasions to blend. Now, obviously, you say, well, you can't blend. You take it off, surely, if it's a eraser. Not really. If you're soft with it, you can actually blend very lightly with it. But really, you don't need it because you've got all the colour shapers to do it. So I'm not sure quite where I you're going with that, I wondered if uh, Dave was talking about a paper blender or blending stump. I wasn't sure if that was... Ah, well, ah, well... That's different. That's not a pencil, is it? That's a blending stuff. I don't and that's know. That's a cardboard. That's, that's made. Of... Well, if it is, um, the answer is yes. I have used them, 
And before the color shapers uh, came onto the scene, that's what I used to use. Cotton buds and things like that don't work at all. They just absorb the uh, pastel, so they, they don't work. Mm. But the blending stumps do, yes. And uh, we, I, have, I did use them before. If it's one of them, yes, I did. Yeah. And they worked. But do what do I think of them? Well, they're very good. But put alongside the um, color shapers don't hold a candle to them yeah the color shapers are by far superior yeah okay i hope that um, helps the next one is from nelly hi Stephen. when doing the pastel pencil and watercolor together on the same page what type of paper shall we use uh this is this is easy to answer really if you're using watercolor you've got to use watercolor paper well you don't have to but it's best to and I'd use a smooth watercolour paper because a lot of the watercolour papers you get have got a lot of um, dimples in them. And uh, they look very nice with watercolour, but if you've got to start putting pastel on it, they, they, it's a bit like a, a very heavy tooth. You can imagine what would happen with that. So I wouldn't use it. What I have done in the past, um, a few, many years ago, I used the Ongre white pastel paper for watercolour, then put the uh, pastel pencil on top. And, of course, it works well. But really, don't need to do that, I don't think. I would just have a smooth watercolour paper and do your watercolour. And then on top of that, you can use the pastel pencil. Mm. And, it's of course, it's got to be white. It can't be anything other than white or off-white. Have I answered the question? I think that answers it, yeah. It's a good question. Um, Oh, good. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's lots of options there. Um, We've got the the smooth, a 300 gram smooth watercolour paper that we sell that would be ideal for that too. That's perfect, yeah. That's perfect. As long as it's smooth, uh, uh, you're okay with it. The reason I say don't use the pastel paper is because it's designed for pastel as opposed to um, watercolour. And whilst it might work all right, it's best that you're... Main, if you're using watercolour as your first medium, which you would be, that's how I use it anyway, as you know, with the pro- projects I've done, then you need to have watercolour paper uh, and watercolour to get the best results. Mm. The pastel, after all, really is only something in addition. You're putting it on just to enhance the uh, painting. Mm. Okay, thanks, Nelly. Good question. Next one is a comment that came from Maxine on our last feedback show. She says, thank you so much for all the great feedback on my two drawings. It's very, very helpful. When you pointed out the mistakes I'd made on Posey, it made me laugh How many to think how many times I had compared my reference photo to my drawing and still missed the mistakes. Grateful for your help. Well, um, this brings me to a really, really important point. I've said and said many times, even on videos, I say, keep your reference picture close at hand. It's no good putting it on a stand, you know, three foot away from you and have glancing at every now and again. You, to, if, when you're copying or uh, adapting, really, a picture, because you can't really copy exactly, you're adapting a picture, you need to look at the reference constantly. I probably look at a reference picture while I'm doing a, a medium-sized project 
three or four hundred times if if uh, I counted them. I've never had done, but that's how I, I would think it would be, simply because it's every few seconds. The only time I go off-piste, so to speak, is when uh, I'm working either on the background or somewhere in grass, particularly, where the reference picture isn't going to help me because I can't then reproduce exactly what I'm looking at. So then I have to work on my own. But when I'm working particularly in animals or human portraits, you've got to constantly look at it. And I can understand Maxine's um, problem that we had with Posey. She had looked at it many times and she'd missed um, the most obvious thing. And sometimes when you you look at something and you look at your picture and you look at the reference picture, you look at anything, I don't know, it, there's something wrong. Now, what some people do is say, oh, well, that, that's the way it is, so uh, I'll carry on. I wouldn't do that. I'd look at it, and if there was something obviously wrong and it made a difference to the picture, I'd stick with it until I find, found out what it was. If you isolate an area and you look at it hard enough, you will see what you need to do. Sometimes you have to work with uh, artistic license. And as I've said many times, sometimes you have to alter what you see because pho photographic references are notoriously bad for giving you a wrong impression. Mm. Um, have I ever told you the story of a five-legged cow? I think I probably have. But I think you have, but why don't you it. tell it again? I will tell it again. I was in my class one day and and um, a lovely lady, she was doing a cow, right? And she suddenly shouted out to me, Colin, could you just have a quick look at this, you know, for me? I've got five legs on my cow. I thought, and then I looked at the reference picture, and sure enough, this cow had five legs. Now, wow. isn't that amazing? You wouldn't think. But I said, hang on, that's not possible. <laughs> I've never seen a five-legged cow. So what we've got to do is find out why it looks like it's five legs anyway. I did a, a little bit of, um, you know, uh, looking at the rest of the picture and saw there was a fence running. It wasn't obvious, but there was a fence running, and that was a fence post. No and way. She, it looked like a, it did look like a cow's leg, and she'd copied it like that. So, these are the kind of things that you, a photographic reference can give you a completely wrong view of it. Uh, uh, and fortunately, she saw it because I can imagine if she'd had it framed on the wall and someone said, oh, the cow's got five legs, because she drew it as though it was a five leg. Anyway, it just show, goes to show, though, you've got to be careful when you're picking up pictures. Uh, the obvious, or rather the reference picture, doesn't necessarily uh, show you the true picture. It, it uh, can be, uh, but your job as an artist is to make that right. Anyway, it turned out really well. We, we erased it. We got rid of the post altogether because whatever she'd done, it would still look like a, um, a post. And I think Did that make any difference to the fence? No, 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 it wasn't. The fence was there, but it was in the dis. It was kind of, it wasn't obvious where the cow was, if you see what I mean. Because ah, okay. the cow was up against the fence and you couldn't actually see any fence. Well, you could if you looked along either side of it, you could see the fence was there. 
and a, mm. a, a post and so on along. That's what pick, I picked it up. But there was a lot of foliage around. See, once again, you get trees and bushes and that they they can make things look very difficult. Uh, but you wouldn't have believed that there was a, actually a post there at the time and unless you investigated it. Huh. But interesting, <laughs> isn't it? Yeah, it's a, a prime example. But, I mean, if she was just following the reference picture, this is a question now I'm going to pose to you. If you, she was just following the picture and doing this and she didn't realise it until after she did it, how do you – what's the process when you're doing a picture? Do you anticipate when you're doing something and go, oh, well, maybe I shouldn't put that in? Or do you do – you know, or when you were starting out, did you just copy it and then go after, oh, actually, no, artistic licence, probably shouldn't do that? Or have done that uh, well in my present in my present level of experience. I'd have seen it already, even even before I began. I'd see that there was something wrong there, and uh, actually, funny enough, uh, there there was a an instance with this picture that I'm doing at the moment. Um, I've got the reference picture. I've in, inserted different things, animals in into the picture, so it's not completely the picture that it started out, and. But one of the areas was I could see something that wasn't right and I couldn't make it out. And I still can't, to be honest. I can't make out whether it's the back of this animal or it's another animal. I can't <laughs> explain it any more than that because I'm going to give it away. So I had to work it out. And in the end, it, I couldn't work it out. It was, it was impossible to tell the difference between what I thought it was, which didn't seem right to me, and what uh, I, I was looking at. So what I did, I just improvised. And that's what you do, you improvise. And I drew it as though uh, it wasn't there. But I then drew the animal as I thought it should be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I can't explain it any more than that. But so even then, today, I... I had that same problem. It takes experience and to to it, have that. It, it, well, it's experience. Confidence. Yeah. It, well, it is. You, but then that's what you should do when you've got a reference picture. I mean, we see so many, don't we, animals uh, that um, have uh, all sorts of things going on behind them, and it's going to happen when someone takes a picture of their dog or their cat or whatever. They're going to have things in the background that are going to interfere with that. So you have to really search around your animal and say, is that going to look right? Is that going to, what is that? Um, and either get rid of it, don't put it in, or um, certainly don't put it in if it's going to obscure or make the uh, picture odd. So it's your job as an artist to make those adjustments before you start. Mm. And this is what I usually do. I make the, I, I do the drawing and then I, I see anything that uh, is, doesn't look quite right. Mm. I either get rid of it, change it, or, um, you know, simply draw it differently. Mm. So that's how I would go on. But in the old days, I'm, that, that's present level of experience. But in, in the old days, no, I had made, I've made a few, few pairs myself in the past by doing by just copying oh i've got to religiously copy what i see simply because you haven't got the confidence to go off on your own do you see what i mean you haven't got that and and quite rightly too uh, you know if, if you start deviating from the reference picture and you don't know what you're doing you could be in even worse uh, mm. trouble but as you gain experience you'll you'll find that that will start to come cool 
Oh, good, good. Well, um, that's interesting. I mean, you've written an article for us on the blog, which talks a bit about that too. So if people want a bit of reading mm. on this subject, then it is on our blog as well. But we wanted to include that so we could talk about it. On mm, the show. Good, good. I'm glad you did. Um, should we quickly talk about the Cheetah, the new project we literally put sure. up just yesterday? Sure. Another stunning reference photo by our lady Sophie Gates. Um, She's a wonderful, wonderful um, photographer too. But you know, I've looked at some of Sophie's pictures and uh, with a view to doing more of them, and I want to do more of them. And even uh, a good a photographer she is, she has to accept what's in the background. And she can't change anything. And sometimes if you look at it and you think, oh, I don't like the way that's, uh, that's working out. Uh, I don't like the way, you know, and so on. You, you, can, you can, but she's got no choice. As a wildlife photographer, you have, to t- you have to take your picture and, you know, do what you see. I mean, in, most of the time they are out of focus, which is the right thing to do. You put the animal in the focus and then everything fades in the background. But um, it's, it, but uh, no, I'm looking at uh, more of her work. Wonderful work she does, and uh, she's very, very good to allow us to uh, use it. And there are a couple of other artists I think uh, using her work as well now. Brilliant! And doing lovely, lovely work too. Mm. Fantastic. So uh, yes, but that particular one, the reason I chose that one, uh, one, it's a very good pose anyway, but two. It's it's good from the from the teaching point of view. I can teach people easier. I can say this is how you do this. This is how you do that. If it was just a straightforward cheetah, without any of those um, things that I look for, you know, something that's a little bit different. But this had wonderful fur, and uh, people will know if they've started looking at the uh, picture already and see how the fur is put together. Mm. wonderful I, I even i was impressed when i was doing it and i think i i remember seeing a little bit of it and i i was obviously impressed because i said so <laughs> oh this is coming well <laughs> you know and um, it was nice it, it's a it's a lovely picture mm. and uh and there's but there's you know it, any any animal any cat any you know the tiger the lions the cheetahs the leopards they're all beautiful animals to, to draw anyway so much uh, the structure of them I mean our domestic cats are lovely too don't get me wrong they're fluffy but they've usually they're not not as um, they're a bit fluffy yeah so you don't have those lines that, that you have uh, on the wild cats yeah I mean you but, did uh, no I, I really enjoy it hmm? you did a cheat you did a cheetah a long time ago um i did and i mean how did you find doing it again well oh it was a long time ago i did it and i did it that's another reason why i did it differently it was it was a different um cheetah this was a this was the sort of thing you'd expect to see in a photograph uh, in a photograph you know uh full on and um, all the markings and so on. But this one was different. This is why I liked it. It, it was not the usual pose of a cheetah. It had a, uh, a it had a lovely look to it. I love the eyes, particularly. They had wonderful colour in them. So I, I, every picture I do that has something different about it, even if I did another cheetah now, um, 
I would do it differently. In fact, I I did a cheetah at the London Zoo. I don't I don't think that's the one you're talking about, is it? I did. Well, a, I don't think so. Went no, back no, many no. many years. No, no, no. I don't think it was because I've done. I did the cheetah then as my first workshop, and that was just a straightforward, you know, very straightforward because it was a workshop. I couldn't do anything too fancy. Um, but the other cheetah I did uh, was with three cheetahs. I think it was a cheetah and two cubs. Uh, that might be the one you're thinking of. But that that was that came off very well. But this is different. This is a real, um, and it was close up too. I like yeah um, portrait. Sometimes I like pictures that are close up. You can get more detail, can't you, in there? Mm. Cool. But, no, it's a nice picture, and I love the background too. See, that background is different. If you look at the the picture on Sophie's um, website, you see it's it's in a enclosure, and there's lots of things going on in the background. So this is where you can use your you know, artistic license, really, and put it in the jungle or um, you know, green, jungly setting. Absolutely, absolutely. Every, whatever you like, whatever you like. Um, mm. So mm. That, that picture is up on our, our website, obviously, for members. And if you're a non-member, then you can enroll in the course as well. Um, all the links are on our, our website. Um, I think we'll have a landscape next time as well. Um, it's a lovely landscape. Oh, well, we've got some nice ones. <laughs> yeah. We've got some nice ones coming up, haven't we? Yeah. So yeah. We'll change things I, up. I think that um, – can we just go back to the cheetah just for a minute? Um, it must be very difficult sometimes for you to decide what clip you're going to use for YouTube. And one of the thought I thought that maybe the nose, you know, is would be one. Have a look at when you oh, okay. uh, yeah. view it again. Have a look at the nose because I thought that that came off particularly well, and uh, that might be one to put on. We don't do many noses, do we? No. Lots of eyes, but not many noses. Yeah, sure, but, sure, uh, sure. So I'll have a look. Just a thought. Just a thought. It's only uh, I mean uh, members can see it all, but it's only the uh, YouTube people that might like to see um, something a little different. No. Yeah, it's a good idea. Yes, the landscape next week. Yeah. Oh yeah. Have you got anything in mind? Or? I do. I do. Oh, good, good, good. Because um, we've think... done a few, haven't we? Now I think of a few landscapes that uh, I did that. I tend to stick more to animals. I must admit, simply because it's the most popular of all of the. Um, I can imagine when you put a landscape up, you get all the animal people going. Oh, <laughs> I thought we were going to get another animal. You always get somebody complaining. <laughs> yeah, there's a but, lot, um, a lot of animals coming up though. People are not going to worry. No. Oh gosh, no, no. No, I think it's two thirds, isn't it? Yeah. From what easily. I can understand, it's two thirds animals and one third, whatever. Yeah. Good. Okay. Well, um, let us know as always what you think of the subject, and uh, we'll, we'll wait to see some submissions for the feedback show of this subject soon. I'm sure, and um, we'll be back next week with the feedback show. So you can tune into us on YouTube or on Facebook and watch um, us give some advice and tips on some of your artwork. So great. Thanks dad. Thanks for all of that advice. Uh, If you've enjoyed the show, leave us a review on iTunes. That'd be great. Um, We like plugging that every now and again, get a few good reviews under our belt and um, we'll see you on the podcast in a couple of weeks time. So thanks everyone for listening. I'm Stephen Bradley. And I'm Colin Bradley. Enjoy Enjoy your week. week. You've been listening to Colin Bradley Artcast. 
Learn to draw and paint online at your own pace in your own home. For free courses and more information, visit colinbradleyart.co.uk. 